Ryan and I discussed yesterday and we felt like it would be good uh, maybe to put a pause on the Mark and uh, me sharing from the book of James this morning. Um, so, in fact, next year we are going to be spending at least about six weeks or so in the book of uh, James. I think we looking, uh, it's all looking exciting. Read quite a number of, uh, quite a lot of work on that. But just based on the season that we found ourselves in as a church, we thought it would be good just to bring it to chapter one. And uh, I'm going to be covering a few verses. It's got 27 verses, but we'll only be covering uh, the first eight verses of that of that book. Um, so it is a letter, but when you are reading this particular letter, James' letter is quite um, hard when you are to follow in terms of its structure or the flow. Um, in the first 27 verses in chapter 1, uh, it speaks about at least eight things in one chapter. So you move from one thing to the other, one thing to the other, it's touching on different things. Um, but the mega theme of, uh, or is James's big idea, when you look at his letter, the entire letter is that genuine faith always results in good works. Like when, he, when, when you read all his, the five chapters, you realize like he's trying to push to say that if you really have a genuine faith, it has to result always to good works. Now, obvious, there are places where he emphasizes on correct. There are places where he, he emphasizes on action, on like this is how you are to live in terms of what you are to do as Christ followers. But there are other places where he purely focuses on just character. Now, a little bit of context. Um, the letter is written by James, the brother of Jesus, because there are so many James in the, in, in, in the gospel, but it's good to mention that uh, it is James who is referred to as the brother of Jesus, and it's written between 45 and 60. And uh, he actually addresses this letter to, 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 to his first readers who were the Christians who were in the church at a time in Jerusalem. And um, James's letter expresses concern for persecution for those Christians who were once part of the Jerusalem church. The 12 tribes who get scattered among the nations were the first people he wrote this, his letters to. And in terms of timeline, as I said, it's AD, AD between 45 and 60, and uh, this is after the resurrection of Jesus has already happened. That's when uh, these, these letters were written. It's also important to mention that James was not amongst the first apostles of Jesus Christ. That's the reason why I thought it would be good to put this similarly to Paul. You know, Paul uh, happened to be 
joining the mission or the ministry, um, the, the, the gospel ministry in AD 33. Um, then James also comes later on uh, after the resurrection of Jesus. And uh, in his letter, obvious, as I said, there are so many themes that you can get, but today I would love to focus on one particular theme, which is faithfulness in trials. Faithfulness in trials. How can we continue to be faithful to what we believe if you're a Christ follower when you're going through tough times? How can we continue to be faithful in our walk with God when life is throwing stuff on us? How can we continue to be faithful in our walk with God when the culture, there are so many other voices that is trying to shape the way we are to live? When there are so many things that are in other contexts, even including the context we find ourselves in, in in Cape Town, where other things are more like being imposed, being imposed on us. This is the new reality, therefore you have to accept this. This is the new way of living, therefore you have to accept these things. And um, and, and 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 this letter, if you will to read it and look at it, uh, we have to answer one question to say, what do we have in common with the first readers of this letter? Because some people may say, okay, this was not directly written to us, and I am just going to mention a few things that we have in common, or we might have in common with the first readers who first received this letter. First of all, we have to understand in the Christian life, there are trials and temptations. We are to expect them. It's not something that we can avoid. If you are a Christ follower, there is no way you can say that you can avoid trials or temptations. And uh, if you successfully overcome these temptations and these trials, then it produces maturity spiritual maturity, it also produces a strong character as a Christ follower. It's only when we overcome them. As I said, James, it touches on different, different themes, but I would love us to remain on this one of faithfulness in trials. So would you please turn with me to James chapter 1. We are going to read verse 1 to 8. And uh, from there, I am going to be sharing with you the two hopes that I have for this morning. What I'm trusting God for, even when I was preparing to say, if we are to leave this place, what are the two things that I'm trusting God for, for you and for me after uh, at the end of this time together? But I'll also share with us some of the things that I believe we might have in common with the first readers, the people who first received this letter. What are those things that we might have in common? So let's read from verse 1 to 8. I'm reading from NIV. James, a servant of God and of our Lord, or, or of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. It goes in verse 2, 
Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. If you are reading another version, it says just my brothers. And uh, that does not mean it's only referring to men. It's men and women. My brothers and sisters in NIV, it says, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not, expect, should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Father Lord, we come before you. I pray, Father, that you would help each one of us. As I share of your words, Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd speak to us, you'd encourage us, you'd challenge us, you'd call us, O oh Lord, to deeper intimacy with you, you'd help us, O oh Lord, to get to see you in any kinds of circumstances that we may find ourselves in that you help us and give us the strength, Lord, not to run away from you, but to run to you when we are faced with any kinds of trials. Dear Lord, my prayer is also that as we leave this place, even those who are following online, God, we will grow in trusting you in any circumstances that we might find ourselves in. In your name, Christ Jesus, I pray. Amen. So here are the two things that I'm, I've been, as I was preparing, I pray that when we leave this place, it will be something that we all can hold unto. The first one is that to always thank God for the things that bring you joy and the things that challenge your faith, if you're a Christ follower. To always thank God for the things that brings you joy and the things that challenge your faith as a Christ follower. In other ways, we are to approach each day with an open mind. We are to approach each day with an open spirit and heart to expect the unexpected that life can throw on us. But yet we continue to always trust God. Things that can bring joy to us and even in the things that can challenge our faith. This is each and every day as we live our lives. We have to remember that we are not living in a different planet. We are living on earth where this body is vulnerable to any kind of suffering. Where even our belief itself... Between 21st century, 
There are places where Christians are persecuted and they are facing all kinds of trials. The Lord might ask you to relocate from Cape Town because you've enjoyed so much the privilege of the views and all that and want you to go somewhere else. Unfortunately, in most cases, when we are thinking to relocate, we only think to go on places where we can be safe. But if God wants to interrupt you, he can send you to places where it is not safe for you and your family. But that's why I say that it is important for us to always thank God for the things that brings us joy and the things that challenge our faith. Right now, if all that you are encountering in your life are the things that are bringing joy, praise the Lord. But the time will come when there will be things that will get to challenge your faith, then you have to always thank Him for that. That will be the time maybe God will challenge you to go the way to fulfill His will for His glory, but it's not what maybe you might be planning or desiring, or maybe it's a place where you never dreamed of going, but God might want you to go there because He's busy advancing His kingdom and He's going to use some of you who are in this room this morning, even those of you who are following online. Because He's in the business of advancing His kingdom, He's in the business of calling people back home. The second one is this one to always trust God's ability and faithfulness to help you through any kinds of trials that might come your way. Very important. Because sometimes we forget, sometimes when we are going through difficulties, sometimes when we are facing you know, a difficult situation or going through tough times, we forget God's ability to help us through that time. Then our trust is based on our own ability or strategies to think that we can come up with the answers, but yet when we can look at ourselves and say, God, I cannot, but you can. I cannot, but you can. Yes, we can. You, you lost your business, you, you are weeping, you are crying, but you said, God, I cannot really carry on with life, but I know you can. I can still trust you, I can still trust your ability and your faithfulness and your steadfast love to carry me through this period. Now, I'm not saying this point that it's a point by having this kind of attitude is not going to eliminate the pain that you are to face in this physical body. It is, might not replace the emotional and psychological pain that you and I can be going through. But what it's going to do is not going to bring God and reduce him to the level of the problem. It's going to leave God into the throne that where he deserves to be is bigger, is not surprised by all that we might be going through. God is not surprised by your sufferings or my sufferings. It's not a surprise to him. But we are to train ourselves and to coach ourselves how do we live in that time. But we cannot do it without him. We are to trust him. So it's my prayer that as we leave this place, there are things that we are going to encounter after today. 
You know, you will, be, you will observe if you are part of this community, we are not a community whereby we call people to the front and we tell you that we are going to pray now and we are going to, to kick everything else out of your life. No. You know, we can pray for healing now, but this body still remains vulnerable to another healing. But we are grateful to God when we pray. We pray with faith that God, we really want healing. And if God's will is to bring about healing, completely total healing, we accept it. But even if he doesn't do it, we continue to trust him. That's what I'm talking about. His ability to help us to endure the suffering that we may find ourselves in. I was expecting a bigger man. You should know that by now. Amen. <laughs> so, um, now let's look at what do we have in common with uh, James's first readers of his letter. What, what do we have in common with these people? The first one is that they were, the, they were disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ, and we are. They believe the gospel, they, they, they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, is James is not writing to the people who are not part of the spiritual community. He's writing to the people who are part of the spiritual community who um, heard about the Lord Jesus Christ. Some of them even witnessed that. Uh, they might have wrestled with questions that we are grappling with today, you know, and especially when it comes to this one big question, why does God allow the righteous to suffer? Maybe they were wrestling with that question, and it's a question that we are wrestling with as well today. Why would God allow the, the righteous to suffer? Do we really deserve this? When we hear about Christ followers uh, in some part of the world, who are being killed because of uh, them believing in our Lord Jesus Christ, and the question is why? Do they really believe this? And, and, and James is not giving, we are not told about the type or kind of persecution these his first readers were going through, uh, but in his letter we can tell as he's responding to them, the way he's giving the encouragement, we can tell that they were really going through some tough times. So the other thing we, we, we do have in common is that the persecution of Christians continues even in 21st century. The other one is that there were strangers on earth. So are we. In terms of when we look at the scriptures, we are told about our citizenship is not here. In fact, for them at that time, they were scattered in different nations. But if we are to look at it, we are not here forever. We are not here forever. And the other one is that their temptations might have been similar to ours based on what we have read. And if you read up to verse 27, you will find out that the, the, the way James wrote to them, you know, they were wrestling with things. You know, he speaks about the poor and the rich. He talks about... Um, how we have to be careful in terms of our speeches, etc., so that we don't sin. He speaks about the Christian living. All the way, the way he, he wrote to them, 
These are the things that are common to us even today. We are called to that. Now let's see what the Lord might be saying to us through this letter today. The one thing is, we look in verse 2, something which I found very difficult is that James is encouraging his readers to consider that they have to be going through a pure joy. He's not just saying joy. He said, whatever suffering you might be going through, you have to consider that a pure joy. Who in this room, or those of you who are following online, will look at the suffering and consider it a pure joy? We've, we've, we've just gone through a very difficult time a week or so ago when one of our brother was uh, brutally murdered. Now imagine James is writing to us, like you have to consider it a pure joy. You know, this is this is difficult. If we don't understand the overall idea of James James's motivation as he was writing to these Christians who were scattered around the nations and who were going through suffering, we can miss the point here. He's not saying to them, here's the answer, no or yes or what, but I think what he's trying to communicate to them and to us is that suffering of believers is always under the providential control of a God who wants the best for his people. In other ways, God can use suffering for his glory. The reason one can consider the prospect of facing trials with joy is that God uses trials to produce endurance in us. But on his side, it is mostly for his glory. He allows things to happen in our lives for a reason. A reason that we might not have the answers in this life, but a reason that he understands the details of the entire situation. And we can trust him. And when we look into verse 4, we can say that God develops endurance in believers through trials. Because endurance leads to a mature and complete faith that lacks nothing. Friends, the only time we can grow, it's not when things are good. 
The only time we can even apply self-control is not when things are good. It's when our faith is tested. I remember when we were in a small, uh, on Main Road, 134 Main Road, it was just network before planting this community. There used to be young guys who were coming to see me, and they are crying. They are crying to say, you know what, I'm really struggling, and I really, I if God do this for me, then I'm going to leave this. I'm going, I promised, I I said, no, you, you don't have to promise to me or to swear before me. But I used to tell those young men, I said, you know, the true you is not the one who is sitting in front of me. The true you is the one who is going to fund a, an employment, the one who is going to get an income, a good pay job. Then I'll look at you and I'll ask you, I say, can you remember that day and the way that you conduct yourself now and the way that you conducted yourself then? Some people in trials, they pretend. In abundance, that's when the real people, you start to see them. But in trials, they pretend, but they actually fell, but they hide behind the trials to show that, you know, if only, you know, if I can get to the other side, therefore you will see the real me. No, the real you has to be seen when you are going through difficult times. Not when you've got it in abundance. Not when you cannot face, you know, going without meal. You know, that, that's when we need to understand who is really you. When it comes to your belief, your faith in God, etc. How, how is your trust in God when you are in tough times? And we, all, we also have to understand that trials are therefore very necessary because as Christ followers, we are not yet fully sanctified. According to Hebrews 12 verse 8, it is important for us to go through trials. In verse 5, he speaks about a faith that lacks nothing. It does not lack wisdom. A wisdom, a lack of wisdom, or anything else can be remedied by God who generously gives, who generously provides the wisdom that we need. Why is it that James is writing to his first readers and obvious to us, he said that, you know what, in verse 5, you have to ask for wisdom. He would have gone to say, you know, because you are struggling with famine, because you are struggling with, you know, the clothing or food, etc., why not ask God to give you those stuff? Why not ask God to give you finances if you are struggling with that? Why is he going for wisdom? Because the time that we are going through tough times, I think there is a temptation without wisdom to make decisions that are based on emotions. So when you are going through pain, when you are helping someone who is going through pain, 
You can make decisions based on emotions. Therefore, that decision is maybe not what God is wanting you to to do, or maybe not how God is wanting you to walk, but you make those decisions based on emotions. Therefore, James is saying, you know what? Whatever you are going through, it is important that you ask God for wisdom, because wisdom is going to equip you and help you to make the decisions that are going to glorify God in your situation. What about if wisdom is not there? The temptation is to take shortcuts. The temptation is just to resolve the issue and not giving ourselves time for maturity. And not giving ourselves time to allow God to do his work in us. There are some other behaviors or addictions that we need to allow God to do his work in our lives. And we cannot just take shortcuts. There are other situations that God allows his people to go through in order to grow us to our understanding of who he is as a loving father and a caring and the one who is forever present in any situation. If we rush the process, if we rush ourselves, if we are not asking for God's wisdom, we might come out and we might lack the testimony to give of the God who is a sovereign God. I always love the story of Daniel and his friends before the king. These were the guys who were prepared to say that we are not going to do the opposite to what we believe. Now, it doesn't matter if you choose to do any wrong to us. If I have to put it in our context, I'm not going to take a bribe. I'm not going to take any shortcut. I'm not going to allow myself something that is not according to my God's will or my Father's will because I should please you or I should please anyone. I should please myself. I am going Accept to suffer because I know that the one who is on my side, no matter what, whether it's death in this body, he is with me. If he rescue us, therefore let it be. If he's not going to rescue us, I am going to continue to trust that he will help me endure in this situation. Friends, that's why I said the letter, James' letter, is not only touching on a faith that produces good works, but it's also touching on how we are to live on our characters as Christ followers. Then he goes on, he said, when you ask God to supply wisdom, one must ask in faith without doubting. Now, here there is a word faith that is used. So when you are asking God for wisdom, you have to ask in faith and you, you are not to doubt. And if you doubt, he uses the language, you've got double mind. You are double mind. In other words, someone who has got double mind is, if you are to think, put it in a perspective, is 
I believe, but at the same time, I am not so sure whether God has the ability. Let me get, give you a picture. So we are sitting here, and there is, you know, suddenly there is just a big wave, water and all that. Then there is a tree there where you can jump to the tree and hold the tree. But in your mind, you are thinking, I don't really t- trust that if I hold that tree to hold me. You know, I think if I hold it, I'll fall. But yet the tree... You can see it is standing and the wave is passing, the water is passing, the tree is not being shaken. You are the one who is being shaken, but yet you are saying, if I touch that tree, I'm not so sure whether I'm going to survive. So your mind is divided. You, you are wanting to go there, you are wanting, to, you are wanting to, to survive, but at the same time you are thinking and saying, if I really jump to the tree, I'm not sure if I'm going to survive. So you believe in God, and you believe all that the Word says, you believe it in your head, but you are not so sure whether you really trust in God. So you know God as a father, you believe in Jesus as your savior, but when things are happening in your life, you rather choose to say, I need to find a way of doing it my own way. You know, I, I, I don't think I actually even need the wisdom. I don't know if I should actually trust Jesus more in this situation. But that doesn't only happen to us as Christ followers, only in situations. Sometimes it happens to us in other areas of our lives. We trust God with the particular areas of our lives, but we don't fully trust him with the entire of all our being. So we invite God to say, I'm inviting you in this section of my life, but I'm not inviting you in this other part of my life. We are double-minded. But yet, I want to encourage us this morning. The God you believe in, the God I believe in, the one who is kind and so loving that he refused to keep his one and only son, Jesus, he was ready to sacrifice him for you he gave him away for me God we can trust him when we are going through tough times we can say that if God really did that there is nothing that God cannot do and I want to emphasize on the point of saying that we cannot separate suffering from this life we live in a time when when suffering is going to fund us this body is going to suffer. Things are going to happen to us. But we are to be the people who understand what it means to trust God in that time. We are the people who are to understand what it means to rely more on God's wisdom than to trust our own ability to walk us through whatever we may be going through. You might say, okay, to these early readers, it was more persecution in a sense that because they were believers, but we are not saying that. But let me say this to you. Trusting God does not require only when you are going through a massive testing period. Even in little things. Even in little things, we have to trust him. Even in little things, we are to thank him. Friends, do you know that with all that has happened last year and continue to happen this year when it comes to people we've lost as a result of COVID, 
Do you know that the air you breathe, the air I breathe, we may get it for granted, but we have to remind ourselves that even in that, we are to be so grateful to God. God's ability to answer our prayers. This is what James is also getting to. He said, when you ask, don't doubt. God will give you the wisdom you need. And when we have two minds, or double-minded, it's more like we are fighting between faith and unbelief. You've got faith here, but there is belief. We start to fight in terms of those two things. So in verse 5 to 8, he exhorts them to ask in faith for wisdom. Then verse 2 and 4, James encourages his readers to respond positively to their trials. In other words, expect them to come to you. Accept these things to happen to us. But we are to respond positively when those moments come. Then we are to pray and ask God for wisdom. So that we can always thank God for the things that brings us joy. And we can always thank God for the things that challenges our faith. Because without wisdom, it is impossible for us to be able to thank God for the things that challenges our faith. We can continue to ask the questions, God, why, 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 why? And nothing wrong with, that, with those kind of questions. But the point is, can you still trust him? Even as you ask those questions. Can you ask why, but yet you say, I know. That my Redeemer lives. You know, when you read the Psalms, that's what you find. The Psalms who starts with crying and weeping, and it gets to the end, so you find that the psalmist then lifts up the name of God, and he speaks about how great God is, and he speaks about how good God is. But yet he started with the weeping and the crying, but most of the Psalms are like that. They lift up the name of God. In other words, you move away from your circumstance, then you move now to the God who is bigger than our, our problems. Let me ask you these questions. Do you always, if you're a Christ follower, do you always thank God for the things that bring you joy? 
Do you take a moment to thank him for the things that brings you joy? Do you take a moment to count your blessings and thank God for them? Or do you live like those who are still searching, yet they haven't found? Or do you go about searching for happiness, searching for joy outside of what the Lord has already done? Because when James writes this letter, you go further read the verses, he said, this includes even your new birth, speaking about the salvation, which for me it's the greatest miracle. Do you sit down and ponder on that and thank God the fact that you know who he is, the fact that he adopted you in his family if you're a Christ follower? Here's another question. Do you always thank God for those challenges that came, do come your way? The challenges that really shake your faith. Do you go on your knees and say, God, here I am before you. I know that this is too much for me. I cannot handle. But I want to thank you because I know that your plans are better than mine. I want to thank you because I don't know how I'll come out of this situation, but I know that you know the end. And I can trust you. I can't tell the causes of the illness, but I can trust the one who knows the end of this illness. Do you always trust God's ability and faithfulness to help you in any situation? And if you don't, as a Christ follower, who do you then trust? Where is your hope? I heard when Grant, before he calls me up, he prayed a prayer. This is not in my notes, but I just said this prayer. He said, Jesus and Jesus alone and nothing else. Now, that is not just a declaration or a thing we sing in a song. That should be the truth of our way of living. That's our belief. That's, what we, that's how we should believe. So is it Jesus plus anything else? That's what Grant was praying. said, it's not Jesus plus my It's not Jesus. But it is the point and the question of trust in God. It's not Jesus and my bank account. It is only Jesus. Can I invite us to always thank God for the things that brings you joy and the things that challenge your faith because it is in them that we can experience the maturity. It is in them that we can see God for who he is to us. Can I invite you to always trust in God's ability to do only what he can do in your situation and to do only what he can do in my situation without having to doubt his ability 
to bring about the provision that we need. Can I invite us to stand? Maybe the band can come up and um, just lead us in a song of celebration. There is, as, as I said earlier on, we are looking forward to unpack quite a, about six weeks of the book of James. The, the letter that touches on a number of different issues. But today I just wanted to remind us that faithfulness in trials is very important. If you are a Christ follower, you are the God's who you believe in. You are to trust in his ability to rescue you, in his ability to protect you, your family. You are to trust him even when you are going through trials that you are not alone. And we are to allow God to do his work in us, the work that will lead us into maturity, spiritual maturity, as his sons and daughters. We are to understand that suffering is not something that we can disconnect ourselves from. Any kinds of suffering, any kinds of trials, they may look different to each one of us, but we, even right now, there are some of you standing here, even those online, you are going through some trials, you are going through some temptations. If you continue to read chapter 1, James speaks even of temptation that we shouldn't say that God is tempting us. Why did he stress about that point? Because he understands for sure if we know and if we trust him, if we have wisdom that is coming from above, there is no way we can question our temptations to say it is God who is tempting, is tempting us. It's just the test that will lead us into maturity. And I want to invite us to a moment of prayer. I want us to pray that as we leave this place, pray for yourself that God help me as a Christ follower to always remember to thank you for things that bring me joy. To always remember to thank you for challenges that came my way in my life. To remember you that these challenges are there for my good and for your glory. So pray that Holy Spirit will help you in those moments to remember that. Also pray that Holy Spirit help me to always remember to trust you, God. And not to trust in my finances, not to trust just in merely human being, people who can give advice but cannot save. We can get that. That's great, the wisdom from others. But we are to trust God's more 
in any situation because he knows the end. The same way that he knows the beginning. Let's pray together where you are. If you feel comfortable to bow your head down and close your eyes, please do it. Just ask God to say, Lord, I want you to help me in the areas that I've lacked to thank you for the joy that you bring in my life. In the areas that I've tried not to allow to go through the process maybe of change, the process that is going to bring about maturity in my life and my walk with you. Lord, I pray that you would help me to endure, to persevere in these tough times. Maybe you're already going through a situation that the Lord is wanting or has allowed you to go through. Pray that God will give you strength. Let's pray in Jesus' name. Dear Lord, I, I pray for my brothers and I pray for myself that we will be the people who understands that life is a gift from you, but also that we always remember that we live in a broken world. Help us to be those who continue to be faithful in our walk with you, especially when we are faced with uh, difficulties, situations beyond our control. Help us, Lord, to always give thanks to you on things that bring joy to us. Help us to always thank you on challenges that come our way to test our faith for your glory that will be men and women who continue to trust you no matter what. Dear Lord, this does not mean that our bodies are not going to feel the pain or we might not go through the emotional pattern or any journey of not feeling the consequences of things that maybe the decision that we've made ourselves or maybe the decisions that others have made but Lord we want to be the people who are not reducing you to the level of our problems but we want to be the people who trust you and trust your ability to help us go through those moments with you in your name Jesus I pray Amen God bless you.